Good evening, baseball fans. How you doing? Happy Friday night, everyone. How is everything going? We got a lot to talk about tonight here on this wonderful Friday evening. Andrew Benintendi heading to the south side. Joey Gallo going to the Twins. Didn't see that one coming. We got a little something on Dansby Swanson. What's going on with him? What's the update? We're going to talk a little Manny Machado tonight. Who would have thought Manny Machado would be in the news? James McCann, could he be on the move? We're going to talk about one of the greatest Red Sox players of all time, Eric Hosmer. How are we doing, everyone? Good evening, good evening. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday. Hey, it's Friday. And you know what is wonderful? You know what's wonderful, at least for me? I'm going to brag. I'm going to brag. I'm on winter vacation. I'm excited. I feel great. I got the next two weeks off of work. Man, oh, man, this is my favorite time of the year. I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a jolly mood. Christmas is right around the corner. I don't got to work for two weeks. Well, I will be working. I'll be working on channel stuff, so uh, don't uh, don't think I'm going to be taking any uh, taking the taking the pressure off there. I'm going to be going uh, hard in the paint when it comes to the channel for the next couple of weeks. But it'll be nice to have the next couple of weeks to you know put my time and effort into hanging out with all of you guys at home. How's it going, everyone? Alex Rodriguez is here in the chat. How you doing, everyone? How you doing, Alex Rodriguez? The legend himself is here. Um, everyone, I want to thank you for stopping by tonight. As always, it's always a pleasure for you to stop by. Uh, I've said this the last few uh, the last few shows. We are now in podcast format. That's brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. So you can watch with me here live on YouTube, or if you uh, need, if you're not able to catch the stream, if you're you know kind of too busy to catch it especially on a friday night you got stuff going on like tonight um hey the next morning you'll be able to listen to it on spotify google stitcher wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so everyone thank you if you're with me here tonight welcome if you're listening the next day hope you have yourself a great rest of your day but we got a lot to talk about tonight andrew benintendi an old friend of mine changing his socks he's going from the red socks now a white sock i like the move I'm going to talk about it here. Uh, a lot of action in the AL Central. Benintendi to the White Sox. Joey Gallo to the Twins. Interesting move. Did not see that one happening. Um, we got a, a couple of little rumors and news sprinkled in there. We got a little Manny Machado. Didn't think I'd be talking about Manny Machado this offseason. Uh, rather interesting story. And, of course, Eric Hosmer getting DFA'd by the Red Sox. And I'm going to kind of dive into that. I'm going to dive into that a little bit. I got I got some thoughts and some feelings, um, not just on Eric Hosmer, just with Red Sox fans in general. We, we got to talk. We got to talk, Red Sox fans. I'm sorry, but we, we have to have a conversation here. Uh, but we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But everyone, uh, before I do get started, if you are new to the channel, think about subscribing down below. Hit the like button for me, everyone. The like goal for tonight, uh, let's go for 150. Let's go for 150. Can we get it? I think we can. Let's see if we can do it. Hit the bell notification for me. That way you know I go live every single time. Share the stream as well. And uh, also, 
sponsoring the channel, we have SeatGeek. Use my code HIDE. You get 20 bucks off your first order. Like I've been saying with SeatGeek, baseball season may not be in the cards at the moment, but you got basketball. You got football. You got a whole bunch of stuff that you can go see. Concerts. Go check out SeatGeek. You get 20 bucks off on your first order. Don't forget about prize picks if you are into the sports betting game. Use my code GINGER. You'll get a 100% deposit match. If you deposit 20, they'll give you 20. 50, they'll give you 50. And also, we are trying to land Manscaped as a full-time official sponsor on the channel. We got to get at least eight people to use the code. Christmas is in less than 10 days. So if you're looking for a good stocking stuffer kind of a gift, especially for a man in your life, dad, brother, friend, whoever, go check out Manscaped. They got some good deals over there. If you use my code HIDE, you get 20% off. But the main sponsor for tonight's show uh, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. We have Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NXL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to Bet Online and join to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online where the game starts all right enough of me rambling over here about sponsors let's get to the action for tonight uh we're gonna start off with an old friend of mine talking a little andrew benintendi i got the music ready everyone i got the music ready i'm feeling good here on this friday evening again hope everyone's having a good friday hope everyone's ready for the weekend but let's talk some andrew benintendi shall we i really like the move for the White Sox, you know, I was funny because I was just talking Andrew Benintendi last night saying, man, the Yankees, they got to bring this guy back. Like, why would they not want to bring Andrew Benintendi back? This guy's a gamer. He's a winner. He played really well last year. A guy that gets a lot of contact. I thought to me, he's perfect for the New York Yankees. But in the end, the White Sox ended up jumping on it. And uh, good for them. And it's funny because last night I tweeted about this a little earlier. I actually tweeted the clip from last night's episode saying, hey, I think Benintendi, he probably should get anywhere five years, 70 to 80 million. And here it is. Five years, 75 million. I I mean, I was, I got to say, I mean, I kind of took a shot in the dark with that one. But I don't know. That's what kind of just felt right to me with Andrew Benintendi. But $75 million guaranteed. Uh, This was first brought to you by Jesse Rogers on ESPN, was confirmed by Ken Rosenthal. At least the contract was confirmed by Ken Rosenthal. So uh, really like it for the White Sox. They needed a player, you know, another bat for this offense. It, It felt like this offense last year just didn't really quite get it going. You know what I mean? Like it just felt like, Something was missing. They had some good bats in the lineup, but guys were underperforming left and right. And what I like about Benintendi is this is a guy who just gets a ton of contact, one of the highest contact rates in baseball last year. Very good batting average of 304, a very good on base of 373. And actually, we can go take a look here 
when it comes to the leaderboards, Andrew Benintendi, you're most likely going to be seeing him batting near the top of the order. So if we go take a look here, now I'm actually just looking at this for the first time, but if we're looking at the first and second spots in the lineup, we can actually go take a look at where the White Sox ranked and Fangraphs. You are not loading for me. You are killing me right now. Here we go. So taking a look here, when it came to WRC+, Plus, uh, hey, the Chicago White Sox, they were only 21st overall last year in wrc plus in the one and the two spots in the lineup so they definitely needed a boost at the top of their order and andrew benintendi i think he's going to be a good place setter it just felt like the white Sox lacked that i mean they had a, you know a guy like jose abreu in the order you had some other andrew vaughn was pretty decent last year for them uh tim anderson he was a little up and down last year when it came to his health Mankata had a bad year. There are good bats here. Luis Robert, of course, uh, did not really have the year that a lot of people were thinking he was going to have. This lineup this year, if everything comes together for the White Sox, this lineup could be absolutely insane. But they definitely needed something at the top of the order. Now, where I do worry about the White Sox a little bit, but again, I think it could just really come down to these players just bouncing back and having better seasons than last year is just the power because now that you've lost Jose Abreu I mean Jose Abreu's power was down too last year I mean just saying but can we see some of these guys really stepping up like Luis Robert like an Eloy Jimenez can this guy finally have a full season of health you know Mankata can this guy step it up Vaughn can he step up the power even a little bit more I'll tell you I'll tell you, I think Andrew Vaughn could end up having a really good season in 23 because he's now going to be the first baseman. He's not having to worry about where he's playing in the lineup. He can just kind of settle in. I, I think Vaughn could end up having a really good season in 2023. And how have I not mentioned Grandal? He was awful last year with the bat. Um, they were even looking, you know, getting someone like a Sean Murphy. So... Grandall is definitely going to need to step up here. But in the end, I like the Benintendi move. I think it's something exactly that they needed. A guy that makes a ton of contact. He's going to get on base for you. He's going to play a rather good left field. I like it for the White Sox. They hadn't done really anything this offseason. You signed Mike Clevenger. Um, but in the end, I still think this White Sox team is good. Now, they did not perform the way that we all thought they were going to this year. A lot of people picking them to win the division and the Guardians ended up winning the division this past year. Um, the White Sox finishing at exactly 500. So I do expect the White Sox to have themselves a good season this year. And I think Benintendi is only going to help. Now, if we go pull up Andrew Benintendi here, I actually was just looking at StatCast last night. And with Benintendi... Again, the advanced numbers, he really took a dive a couple of years ago when he was with the Red Sox because he was trying to really go like homer happy when that really wasn't his game. His game was to hit more for contact, hit more for doubles, hit into the gaps. That was the kind of guy, uh, the bat that Ben Benintendi had. And if you're looking at the advanced numbers, you're seeing quite a bit of reds. The expected batting average was high. He doesn't strike out a lot. He doesn't chase a lot. He doesn't swing and miss a lot. He actually lacked a lot of barrels last year. So I I actually do think Benintendi's power can come back a little bit. I think it's slowly but surely, not, not like he ever had a ton of power to begin with, but I do think you can see him get back to around maybe like the 15, 20 home run range. 
Um, I feel like last year, the last couple of years, was just him just getting back to his old ways. And now that I feel like he's back to that point now, he can just keep getting better, right? Instead of just trying to go back to that 2019 Benintendi where he was just trying to hit home runs left and right. So I love the move for the White Sox. Uh, it's a solid move. They needed something in this lineup. And uh, hey, good for them for finally going out there and making a move. But that was not the only action in the American League Central today. We had Joey Gallo going to the Minnesota Twins. I'll be honest with you. I, I did not see this one happening. Um, I figured maybe Joey Gallo could, you know, go to a team that has done well with guys that have, you know, tend to, that, that have struggled. Like the Giants have done pretty well with guys like that. Um, the Rays, I thought, could could have been a pretty fun fit, and they've had interest in Gallo before. And so now Gallo is going to be heading over to Minnesota. And actually, I want to take a look here at the leaderboards. So here we go. Here is the story. It's going to be a one-year deal. It's going to be $11 million. You know, there's still a lot of potential left with Gallo. He is only 29 years old. I do think with Gallo, obviously he's had his struggles, but I think there's also a bit of fatigue with him as well among just baseball fans in general, because this is just a name that we hear over and over. He's a, such a, he's such an up and down player. Like he, when he is good, he's awesome. Like you love watching Joey Gallo, but when he's bad, he's just, he's in a bad way, man. And he's the last couple of, the last year Going back to the trade deadline when he got traded to the Yankees, he has just not been good. He found a little bit of success with the Dodgers, but nothing too crazy. But for the Twins right now, he is slotted in as their left fielder. So their outfield right now consists of Buxton, Kepler, and Joey Gallo. So if he can get back to the power that he, what we know he is capable of, I mean, this is going to end up being a great move. And actually, I want to take a look here. When it came to home runs last year, where were the Twins? The Twins were 13th overall in home runs, so they could, I guess, use a bit of a boost when it comes to the power department. If we take a look at slugging percentage, uh, Minnesota was 11th overall. If we take a look at ISO percentage, Minnesota was 15th overall. So, you know, with Gallo, you know, Again, it really just comes down to can he get back to what he was doing when he with the Rangers before he got traded to the Yankees. So let's actually go to Baseball Savant and let's take, take a look at the advanced numbers. Well, if we're looking here, he's still hitting the crap out of the ball. He's right there in the top 6% in hard hit percentage. He was right around the top 10% in max exit velocity. Average exit velocity, he was in the top 40%. He still barrels up the ball. A lot so there are some advanced numbers here that do suggest that he can be fixed it's just a matter of you know maybe tweaking some things can the can the twins do it i think it's possible they got some good coaching over there i think they can get him back on the right in the right path and if they do i, th I think it'll be huge for the twins man and uh, we, one good thing with gallo is he is going to be still a good outfielder. If you look at the outfielder jump, he was in the top 15% arm strength. He's still right up there, top 10%. So, hey, there is still promise with Gallo. 
can it's just a matter of are the twins going to be able to harness it are they going to be able to just get him back on track and if they do man you know the twins they've been making just some I, in a way i kind of appreciate the offseason that the twins have been having you know you've added christian vasquez i think that's a good intangibles kind of a player for the twins gallo i'd say is a bit of a project right you know but there's a lot of upside with him um you're going to be getting a kensa maeda back you know they're i like this twins team i do and don't forget about royce lewis he had knee surgery so i'm, I'm guessing he'll be back at some point in the second half next year i'm not really sure of the timetable but there is still um I, I still like a lot about this twins team there are a lot of injuries that is also one thing with gallo if we look at gallo he has been a pretty durable player uh for the last couple of years now he was running into some injuries in 2019 um but other than that he's been pretty durable for the most part so that is one thing the twins could use they did have a lot of injuries last year uh skull tya catch 84 does the signing mean that the twins i'm guessing you meant to say the twins trade kepler we're actually going to talk about kepler here in just a second and also while i'm thinking about it i do want to apologize last night i had a couple of super chats and i completely missed them so i'm going to read those super chats here in just a second i got them pulled up so again i do apologize about that i was very just very tired yesterday i was very hungry yesterday and uh just completely forgot about the super chats we had two of them come in so again apologies for that so i'll pull those up in just a second i do have them pulled up right here so but joe we got tom amiano speaking of super chats coming in with one right now uh what is your ideal offseason for the red sox at this point uh sign a shortstop like swanson trade for a shortstop or a second baseman trade for a center fielder to bump kike to second starting pitching trade i think you got it you have to do something about shortstop right now that i think is the big thing to me it's swanson you have to land you, you if you want to have a good team this coming year you gotta sign swanson i think i mean that's just me um if you want to get some talent this is the guy you got to go after you don't have bogarts anymore the padres they're in desperation mode trying to get themselves to a, trying to get themselves to a world series they threw 11 years at them there's no way the red sox are doing 11 years so i think right now the red sox they got to stay disciplined they don't they're not giving out any long-term deals so i don't think they're going to go crazy for swanson but if he's if he's game for anywhere like a short-term deal five six years i could see the red sox doing that i don't know if they end up giving him more money than they were offering for bogarts but you have to do something about shortstop that's the big thing right now that's a very important position or if that means getting a second baseman putting trevor story you know at short getting a center fielder like you mentioned bumping that you know kike you could put him at second you know story at, at short you know could that be someone like I don't know if you do Brian Reynolds. I, I think right now the Red Sox don't want to be trading top prospects right now for Reynolds. I don't think they're in that situation. They're going to figure something out. It's a matter of, I think right now, Tom, I think they just need, they need a right-handed power bat, I think. They need something for that order in the middle. Something that's going to hit for power, drive in runs. 
Um, I like the bullpen right now. You can never have too many arms. And for starting pitching, I would like another starter personally. I, I just the depth to me. I want more depth in the rotation. So right now, you got. I think shortstop is the number one priority. A starter would be nice. Maybe another bullpen arm. Um, but yeah, Tom, that's what I'm thinking right now, my friend. Thank you for the five dollars. But uh, Twins, Joey Gallo. Hey, it's an upside kind of a move. There's not really a whole lot of risk there. Let's end up. Let's wait and see what ends up happening with this. But in the end, it could really end up helping out the Minnesota Twins. Remember a couple of years ago when they were a very home run happy team? It's kind of <laughs> making me think maybe they're trying to get back to those ways a little bit, bringing in a power bat like Gallo. But uh, let me get to these super chats here because we had a couple from last night. And uh, taking a look. So Yogi Dude, you gave me a super chat last night. Thank you for that. Uh, thoughts on the Mariners offseason? Um, you know, I think I think it's easy to get a lot of expectations for a team that had success and they're on the come up. Um, I like the offseason that the Mariners have had so far. You know, you've made a couple of interesting moves. You've brought in Teoscar Hernandez. I think that's going to be a good bat. That's going to lengthen the lineup. I like the addition of Colton Wong. Um, I like it. You know, I think a lot of I think a lot of Mariners fans were thinking here go after someone like a Trey Turner, maybe a Dansby Swanson. Um, I, I don't think there was a whole lot to do with the Mariners to completely to be completely honest. You got a lot of young players here. They're only going to keep getting better. The bullpen looks great. Rotation is great. You're, you got Luis Castillo at the deadline, and then you signed him to an extension. I really don't think there was a whole lot for the Mariners to do. And they've added a couple of bats here in Hernandez and Wong. I like the offseason that the Mariners have had. I think it's a fine offseason. Um, could you have all you know gone crazy and signed Trey Turner or at least tried to? Sure. I don't think you really needed to, though. Uh, Yogi Dude, thank you for that. And then we also had one from Alex Silva last night. Is it just me, or has Heyman broke news with last names since the whole arson judge Coke Hamill stuff? <laughs> I forgot about Coke Hamels, man. <laughs> that one was pretty funny. The arson judge one was a hit. Honestly, it's like if you're one of these, if you're one of these reporters. And you're trying to get out, if you're trying to get the news out first, I mean, why waste your time even putting a first name? You know, you might have just put the last name. You know, those five letters that you type in could be the difference whether or not, you know, you get beat by Jeff Passan or Rosenthal. You know, so it's like, and it's, I mean, look, look what ended up happening. I mean, look at look at all the backlash he's gotten. And, and honestly, speaking of John Heyman, can this guy stop tweeting about the interview that he had with Harrison Bader. Can, can, is anyone else noticing how much he is tweeting about that? Enough is enough, John. I'm going to lose my freaking mind if you tweet one more time about Her about the interview you had with Harrison Bader. Stop it. I'm going to I'm gonna blow a... My, my, my gasket is going to explode. Like, enough is enough, John. Stop doing it. Because every time he tweets, especially in the offseason... We're all looking for news. And it's like, it's like, fine. If you want to tweet about your Harrison Bader interview, okay, fine. But you don't got to do it like five times a day, man. Like, come on. You know, you got a big following and you're just, you're, it's annoying. You stop it. Anyway, 
But uh, thank you for those super chats from last night. I do appreciate that. Um, again, apologies for missing those last night. So we are all caught up on that. So let's move on here. Let's actually stay with the Twins. And now there is actually some word, according to John Heyman. Speaking of, uh, it's looking like the Twins could be talking Max Kepler with some teams, especially after signing Joey Gallo. So let's go pull this up here. Here we go. Uh, John Heyman at around 8-12 saying that there's a lot of interest in Max Kepler. So here's the thing with Max Kepler, right? Kepler, he never has the flashiest stat line. Never has the flashiest stat line. But the advanced numbers have always looked pretty good with him. Actually, if you look at Max Kepler right now, he's got a ton of reds. I mean, look at him. I mean, look at all these reds here. Exit velocity, max exit velocity in the top 10%. Average is in the middle, but the expected numbers are all in the top half. Barrels are in the middle, but he doesn't strike out a lot. He walks a lot. He doesn't swing and miss a lot. He doesn't chase a lot. There's a lot to like about Max Kepler. The problem with Max Kepler is when it comes to the stat line, he just doesn't really put a whole lot up. He only had nine home runs last year. He hit 227, a 318 on base. I don't know. It's just the thing with Kepler is he, that 2019 season that he had, I don't know. Since then, he has just not really been all that great. Now, if we go look at the splits, his splits, I mean, he's he's definitely better against righties. He had the better batting average against lefties of 243, but against righties, he hit 221. But eight of his nine home runs came against righties. So he's going to be more effective against the righty hitter, against the righty pitching. So um, if, if teams are looking for a left-handed bat, I mean, sure. If we go take a look over here, let me go back to the splits leaderboard one more time over here on Fangraphs. If we take a look here uh, as a left-handed hitter, let's see which teams could use a bit of a boost when it comes to left-handed hitting. Kepler is one of these guys, again, the advanced numbers, they look really good. Actually, let me look at Kepler's, um, let me look at his BABIP. His batting average on balls in play, it is pretty low. A 249, when he's, you know, making a lot of contact. And, you know, I wonder if the shift, the lack of shift is going to help him a little bit, you know, could he, could he maybe be experiencing the same thing as Joey Gallo, you know, getting a, a ton of shift on him. I think Kepler could end up having a pretty good season, you know, a better season next year. I don't know. I don't know the exact number of how much he's getting shifted on, but I wonder if that could end up happening. Twins fans, let me know. Has, has that been a big thing with Kepler as, as he's, you know, gotten kind of hindered by the shift. So I would imagine maybe, especially like a left-handed hitter, these left-handed hitters, they like to, uh, you know, he definitely likes the pull. I mean, if you're looking at his spray chart, he is definitely a pull hitter. So he doesn't really hit oppo. So, yeah, man. But if we're looking here, teams that could use a lefty bat. I mean, honestly, I wonder if Toronto could end up being a decent fit. They could use another lefty bat, and they 
I mean, they just did not rank very well in left-handed hitting last year because they didn't really have any left-handed any left-handed hitters. But you just brought in Kiermaier. Now, I wonder if Kepler could be a pretty good fit for the Blue Jays if they end up trading Danny Jansen. You know, Danny Jansen, that is a guy that could definitely bring you back something. So I could see maybe Kepler being a decent fit for the Blue Jays. Gives you another left-handed hitter. So, also with Kevin Kiermeyer, speaking of the Blue Jays, it is looking like he is going to be the starting center fielder. They have let him know that it's basically his job to lose. So, just kind of want to note on that because there had been uh, some whispers out there that maybe the Blue Jays were looking to do some kind of a platoon. But no, it's it's going to be Kevin Kiermeyer's job. That's how I saw it too because Kiermeyer is just kind of one of these guys. He's never going to give you the flashiest stat line, but... When it comes to just the kind of player he is, he's a leader kind of a guy. He's going to be patrolling it out there in center field. So um, either way, I wonder if Kepler could end up being a good fit. Um, I mean, I know they just brought in a Christian Vasquez. I was going to say, maybe he could do some kind of a trade with Jansen and Kepler, but probably not because they just signed Christian Vasquez. But uh, be on the lookout for this, everyone. I definitely think this could be an interesting story. Uh, Kepler, he's been in the rumor mill for a while. I feel like trade deadline, you're hearing his name coming up. I feel like last off season, his name was coming up a little bit. So be on the lookout for that, everyone. We'll see if anything happens here with Mr. Max Kepler. So uh, here we go, everyone. Let's shift gears. Let's shift gears. Let's get away from the American League Central. And let's talk a little Eric Hosmer. Let's talk a little Eric Hosmer. And uh, the Red Sox today. I'm not surprised. I was just I was just talking about Eric Hosmer yesterday. I was just talking about him. Eric Hosmer getting DFA'd by the Red Sox. So uh, gives the Red Sox 10 days to look for a trade. Um, my guess is, you know, if, if he gets put through the... No, he's not going to get claimed by anyone, I would imagine. So he'll probably just end up being a free agent. Um, so here's the thing, everyone. All right, Red Sox fans, hear me out here. Okay, I think right now, I'm noticing this. We, we, we got to stop it with the Heim Bloom hate because uh, I'm seeing it a lot. And I think it's kind of just being done purposefully at this point. Um, I'm seeing people complaining about dropping Eric Cosmer. I think people just, they like, right now, Red Sox fans are just enjoying hating on Heim Bloom, he could do anything right now and I think he'll get hate for it I, I think it's kind of just like a it's like a trend right now that that's a thing that's a thing in today's world if someone's getting heat people love to just pile on the heat no matter what they do and you just designated Eric Hosmer who cares who cares it's Eric Hosmer have you looked at his stats in the last couple of years? What are you upset about? Red Sox fans, I mean, come on. You, you got to stop. What are you upset about? It's Eric Hosmer. You got him for free. Basic, we got him for free. You got a couple of prospects with him. One was a pretty decent prospect that you got back. He had been doing well in high A ball. What were you going to do with Eric Hosmer? What is he going to be? What is your DH? 
Okay. What, he's not your first baseman because you have Tristan Cassis there. What were you going to do with Eric Hosmer? Was he really going to make your team that much better? You weren't paying him anything. You weren't on the hook for anything. He's just taking up a spot on the 40-man roster. I'd rather have Eric Hosmer off of the roster so you can try and add someone. People just want, like, right now, Red Sox fans, they're just, they're in complain mode. Let the process play out. Have some patience. Relax. Relax. I understand. You just lost Xander Bogart. It's the same thing. The same thing happened after Mookie Betts. The same exact thing. They got rid of Mookie. They traded him away. He wasn't going to be coming back anyway. He was going to go on the market. Yeah, they probably should have offered him a better extension. But either way, I don't know how, I don't know if, if Mookie was ever going to accept an extension, no matter what the Red Sox offered him. I don't think he was ever going to do it. I think he wanted to get to the free agent market. And, uh, well, he never got to the free agent market, but he basically did. He ba- I mean, he got, the, he got the big contract. I mean, he ended up going to the Dodgers, right? He, he signed, when he got traded to the Dodgers, he signed the long-term deal. So that just shows me that he, if he was a free agent, probably would have really considered the Dodgers. So the same thing happened with Mookie Betts. Everyone was just like jumping off cliffs. Everyone was just, Red Sox fans, they were just complaining about everything. I'm sorry, but it's like enough is enough. And look what ended up happening. You ended up getting back to the ALCS. People... Where when we get to the ALCS, everyone was like, "Oh, Mookie Betts, who? Oh, who cares about Mookie Betts? We're in the we're in the American League Championship Series. Oh, we won the trade, and now it's like, oh my God, like DFA Jeter Downs, we've lost the trade. Fire Heim Bloom. Enough is enough. It's exhausting. It's kind of embarrassing, honestly. Like, enough, enough. Let the process play out." Let the man do what he's got to do. And if he ends up, if it ends up not working, then okay, it doesn't work. But let him just at least put together the team. We still, it's December. You got all of January. Let the man just do what he's got to do. Watch. Look, look what, watch. Well, this is what will end up happening, right? He makes a few more moves. The Red Sox, watch. I guarantee you this is going to happen. If the, if the Red Sox end up being good this season... Everyone's going to be like, oh, man, Heim Bloom, genius, amazing, wow, this guy's great, amazing, like, I guarantee you, guarantee you if the Red Sox have a good season, that's what's going to end up happening, it, you got to, you got to, you got to stop it, have some patience, let the process play out, let it play out, I'm just saying, it might, it, who knows? It, it, we could, it could end up being a really bad season. It definitely could. I'm not saying it can't be. But can we just at least just wait and make our judgment call later on? I mean, obviously, there's still some players out there. Dansby Swanson is still just sitting out there. I think there is right now, there is a bit of, I think people are mourning the loss of Xander Bogarts right now, and I, I think it's trickling in to anything he does. I'm just saying. So, I don't know. I'm just noticing that, and it's just, it's getting a little tiresome. You know, Red Sox fans, obviously, I, I'm, I've been a Red Sox fan since, you know, t- over 25 years now. I love you. 
I love Red Sox Nation, but it's it's a little tiring. It's a little tiring. Just let it play out. But Eric Hosmer, there was no need to keep him on the roster at all. There's no need. There was it was just wasting a roster spot. He wasn't gonna make your team better. This guy has been washed for the last couple of years. I think he needs to just go on the market, go have a fresh start somewhere. He wasn't doing anything for the Red Sox. He was only going to block playing time for Tristan Cassis. He wasn't going to do anything for you. But I'm, I'm just seeing people getting upset about it. And I'm like, why? It's Eric Hosmer. I lo- Listen, I think he, I hope he ends up bouncing back. Seems like a good dude. I hope he ends up revitalizing his career. Maybe go back to Kansas City. That could be pretty fun. You know, like maybe get himself back on track. But he wasn't doing anything for this Red Sox team. He was only hindering this Red Sox team. Now, I will say this. I will say this. Could this mean that the Red Sox... Now, they did they did DFA him. And then they also added Wyatt Mills from the Royals. Bit of a side armor. Interesting guy. He has a lot of extension... In like when you go look at baseball savant, there's not a whole lot of track record with him, but he th- but he releases the ball pretty close to the plate. So one guy, one guy that also had that when he came over to the Red Sox was Garrett Whitlock. Garrett Whitlock, his extension ranked really high. So again, extension, it's when you it's how close you're releasing the ball to the plate, right? So the, the closer you're releasing it to the plate, the harder the ball is it, uh, to pick up, right? So this guy, and he's also throwing from a sidearm, a bit of a sidearm angle. Um, so it's definitely going to be a different look. He has not really gotten a whole lot of major league experience, but he could end up being a decent arm for the Red Sox. Now, is it going to be more just depth? At this point, I mean, he's going to be going to the minors. So, but he's on the 40-man roster. So, I think the Red Sox, they could be lining themselves up for some kind of a move. So, we're going to have to wait and see what ends up happening. Um, But again, you ended up designating Eric Hosmer for assignment. So, Wyatt Mill. So, let me just... Let me just confirm that. Red Sox, 40-man. I believe he is now on the 40-man roster. Because I think that's what... Yeah, Wyatt Mills is on the 40-man roster. So, Hosmer was not doing anything for you. And in the end, I like that the Red Sox are adding more pitching. They need more... I just like the depth right now that the Red Sox have. I mean, I'm not saying they have anything amazing by any means. But I at least like having some arms. So, but could it be maybe opening up possibly... You know, you got rid of an infielder. Could maybe this be lining up for another move? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But we get, we got to calm down, okay? I'm just seeing so much about Bloom. I'm not sitting here saying he's the most amazing, you know, base, uh, president of baseball operations of all time. But just let it happen, folks. Let it happen, Cap'n. Just saying. Just saying. But, um... Speaking of the Red Sox, speaking of the Red Sox, there is a little something 
on Dansby Swanson. Not a whole lot. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, he's been coming out with these articles lately saying, uh, kind of just telling you about what he's hearing. So let me go pull this up here. He did talk about Dansby Swanson a little bit. Not a whole lot. It was kind of, it it, it wasn't really a a ton, but he kind of, basically what he was saying in this article about Dansby was that there seems to be, when it comes to the teams that have been mentioned for Dansby Swanson, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Twins, um, he's suggesting that the Dodgers could perhaps become serious for him. Um, now, I see a lot of Dodgers fans talking out there. I see a lot of people saying Gavin Lux, because right now Gavin Lux is more of a platoon guy. He doesn't hit lefties very well. So people are wondering, maybe you get a righty bat there. So, and I've, I've been seeing Dodger fans saying like, yeah, Gavin Lux, this guy is, is not the shortstop. Um, I think they're ready for it. Now we'll have to wait and see what ends up happening. Cause you know, there's actually something, you know, we kind of talked about it last night. We talked about it with Trevor Bauer. It's looking like Trevor Bauer could end up getting some time back. His, some of his suspension time reduced. It's starting to look that way. So, and the Dodgers, they might end up having to pay him money, right? If, if Especially if he ends up getting his suspension time cut. So, most likely the Dodgers are not going to hang on to him, but they're going to have to pay him something if he ends up getting reinstated and they end up just cutting him. They're going to have to pay him. So, the Dodgers, I think, are kind of... I didn't really think about this before. Well, you didn't really think about it before because you didn't hear anything about Trevor Bauer. But if he ends up getting his suspension reduced and they cut him, remember, they paid him a lot of money, right? They are giving him a high AAV. They're going to have to pay him something, a good amount. So I think the Dodgers are kind of also just waiting to see what ends up happening with that. Um, it also just feels like the Dodgers, too, I think they're kind of like, they've just been spending a lot of money in the last couple of years. So it almost just feels like they're just taking a bit of a step back in a way. But he's suggesting that the Dodgers could become serious depending on what he's looking for. I find Swanson to be really interesting when you look at the four shortstops because he really only just had a breakout year. He's been fine. He's been good. But this past year that he had, it was his best season. So I think he definitely could get a long-term deal. But I wonder if teams are a little hesitant in giving him these long years like Trey Turner got, like Correa got, like Bogarts got. I don't know if I see a team giving him 10 years after one really good season. Those other guys have had many good seasons. Swanson's only had one. So that's where I'm wondering if maybe... He ends up taking a short-term deal. And I, when I say short-term, I've said this a lot. I do think the Carlos Correa kind of a deal could end up working out for Swanson. Kind of bets on himself for another year. Or maybe he takes like a five-year deal. Goes back out onto the market when he's 33. You know? And maybe he takes a four-year deal. You know what I mean? Something where he can go out into the market again either next year or in a few years. I could see something like that. So, I don't know. 
I think he could get a long-term deal if teams are convinced that he's going to end up being good. But I, I would think if I'm a if I'm a guy that's running, if I'm an owner, right, of a team or, you know, a general manager or a president of baseball ops, I would kind of be more comfortable giving a big deal like that to someone where they've had not just one really good season, but at least a few, right? He has been trending upward the last couple of years, but I would want to see a little bit more. That's just me personally. So it will be interesting to see what ends up happening or what kind of a contract he ends up getting. So I don't even know what to think right now. The Red Sox are picking up steam. The Cubs, they were, you know, they've been saying for a long time now they wanted to add a shortstop. His wife plays there in Chicago. I still think the Cubs could be realistic. The Red Sox, listen, the Red Sox now, they are fully, they are in like full, no long-term commitment mode right now. Right now, they're just not there. I don't see them going like eight years for Swanson. It wouldn't be a good look PR-wise after not giving Bogarts the deal, you know, that the Padres ended up giving him, which honestly... I'm glad they didn't give him an 11-year deal because I, I just don't think that is going to be a good contract in the end. I mean, sure, he's gonna not gonna be pay, you're not gonna be paying him a whole bunch, but I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. 11 years, man, that's a long time. So who knows what happens with the Red Sox? I don't know. The Twins. It look. I mean, they signed Gallo today. It looks like the Twins kind of just changed course a little bit. I don't know. It looks like they wanted Correa, and if they didn't get now, it looks like if they didn't get Correa, they're just going to move on. So they're just going to start looking elsewhere. Now, and but then there's the Braves. I predicted that Swanson was just going to go back to the Braves. I think he could. I think he could end up going back to the Braves on like a one-year deal. You know, Alex Anthopoulos, I think would be a comfortable. You know, because Anthopoulos has been giving out a lot of long-term deals. The payroll is steadily climbing. Um, I could see Anthopolis maybe wanting a, a short-term deal. He would have brought back Freeman, right? But it, it wasn't. It was going to be for less years than what the Dodgers gave him. So I think it was like one or two less years. I can't fully remember, but I could see the Braves just giving him a you know give him like a one-year deal. You know, go back out into the market next offseason, and then he could end up being the top one of the top players again, but be even better next year if he does it again. He hey, if he bets on himself, imagine if he has another good season, bets on himself, has a another really good season, that guy will get paid. I'm just saying, man. He it Swanson this year reminds me of Correa last year. Not really because of the ability, but Correa had the injuries last year, and people were a little concerned with him. They were concerned with the back, but had a good season this year, and he just got paid. Swanson. If he just bets on himself for one more year, has another good season, puts up like a you know a five fangraph war, he could end up getting, you know, the, the kind of contract Correa got. You know, 11, 12, 13 years. But I definitely think there's a chance Swanson bets on himself and just takes like a one-year deal. We'll have to see. But uh, that is the latest on Swanson. Uh, moving on here. Moving on. We've got a couple little things here. Uh, just going to talk a little bit. We talked Conforto last night. This is the same graphic. If you're with me here on YouTube, this is the same graphic from last night. Uh, but now it looks like the Rangers 
have jumped in. Let's go pull this up. And uh, I'm not surprised because the Rangers, they definitely could use a boost when it comes to their outfield. Uh, we see, we've seen the Marlins showing interest in Conforto. I think the Marlins make some sense because I think the Marlins are, they're going to have a hard time attracting, you know, these like big names. But for someone like Conforto, who's been out of the game for a year, I could see that. Um, but Marlins definitely make some sense. They've been looking at Justin Turner as well. And the Rangers. I like it. According to Ken Rosenthal, the Rangers are involved in the Conforto market. Remember Chris Young coming out of the uh, coming out of the winter meetings, he was saying he would have liked to have addressed left field. Right now, I mean, you got some guys, you know, you got Josh Smith currently out there, or he's projected. Um, ben Intendi, I thought would have been really good for the Rangers. I thought he would have been a great fit. Um, but now it's looking like, looking like the Rangers are shifting focus to Conforto. I would imagine they probably wanted Ben Intendi. I don't know, man. I would have given to me, if I'm a GM, I'm giving Ben Intendi 575, five over five years, $75 million all day. I, that's how I, I think highly of Andrew Ben Intendi there. That's probably my giraffe Nick Robbie talking, but I don't know. Rangers be on the lookout for them when it comes to Conforto. I think why not? It, why not? Take a chance on the guy. Take a chance. I think it depends on what he's looking for. You got to remember, you know, you got Scott Boris who's representing him. So he's probably really holding out for years. So I don't know. It, it's it's a very interesting one. But with Boris, it's always going to be problems, man. Uh, we've got a super chat coming in from Maverick. $5. The Freddie deal uh, AA was giving was a five-year deal, but Freddie, Freddie wanted six. But with Dansby, it will be five to seven years, 145 with the Braves. So, yeah, I could see something like that. I think the, that's what the Braves have been wanting to do all along. I think they've just said, hey, go check out the market. If you don't like what you see, Come talk to us again, and we'll try and work something out. You know, I think that's they. I think that's what they did. So, but yeah, I, I could see something like a five-year deal for Swanson. I could see like a five-year deal, six years, with an opt-out. I could see something like that. After like two years, I could see Anthopolis doing something like that, where he can opt out in a couple of years, go back out onto the market. That I could see. So... We'll just have to wait and see. But Michael Conforto, he's definitely turning into one of the more interesting free agents right now, especially with all these names coming off the board. But shifting gears, let's talk the New York Mets. And they just acquired Omar Nevaez yesterday. So they got a lot of catchers right now. And James McCann could be a trade candidate. However, I don't know, man. This might be a bit of a tough one. James McCann has pretty much just completely fallen off. I don't know, man. I think the Mets might have a bit of a hard time getting rid of James McCann because that bat has completely just disappeared. The glove is still okay. The problem with McCann, he's making $10 million. I don't know if people want to be paying this guy $10 bucks. Now, his value last year, he is 2021. He was only worth right around $4 million. 2022, he was only worth right around $3 million. So it's a bad contract right now. It's not good. And if we go take a look at baseballtradevalues.com, 
if you look at the Mets, if you go to James McCann, I'm guessing his value is pretty negative right now. Yeah, he's got negative 16.9. They would definitely have to pay a good amount of the remaining salary if they want to get rid of him. I could see them doing that. There are teams out there that, you know, could use some catching help still. So there could be a market, but the Mets are going to have to pay some of that salary. You know, it's he is owed now. If we look, he is owed. He's a free agent in 25, so he's got 23 and 24. So yeah, he's he's making 20 million over the next two years. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would think it, so. We looked at his. He's been averaging over the first two years of the deal. He's made seven total. So. I don't know. Maybe the Mets end up paying like 15 million of the remaining 20. So he's averaged right around about three and a half million of value per season. So, yeah, I could see the Mets maybe paying 15, 16 million of the remaining uh, the remaining salary. So they're gonna have to, which makes a lot of sense because if you look at his value, it's right now at negative 16.9. So, yeah, that kind of that that's right in line with what I just said. So, yeah, that I could see him doing that, but I think they're I think they should try and trade him. I think they should just go with Nervias and Nito. Right now, he's not really doing anything for you. I don't know. That's just me, but be on the lookout for McCann, and uh, I think so, something is going to happen here with the catchers when it comes to the Mets especially after acquiring Omar Nevias, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. Let's talk about our last story of tonight, everyone. I saved an interesting one, an interesting one for the last story of the night, and that is Manny Machado. We're not talking this year. Nothing's going on right now. But the Padres, it looks like they are expecting him to opt out after this coming season. Goodness gracious. I mean, honestly, it makes sense that the Padres are expecting this. It makes sense based off of their activity. They were going hard after Trey Turner. They ended up getting Bogarts. They're going, I mean, I think, and they go back to the trade deadline. Obviously, they acquired Juan Soto. Maybe they, they've been kind of thinking this for a little bit now. Maybe they think Machado is going to end up actually leaving. I don't know, man. I don't know. But according to the article, it says here. It says here for Machado. Uh, Preller was thrilled to get Bogarts. As shortstop has always been AJ Preller's bias. They do anticipate superstar Manny Machado opting out after 2023. But they deny any attempt now to trade Tatis. And there was a there was a bit of a rumor out there that the Yankees were looking into Fernando Tatis Jr. And they pretty much shot that down, said it was total BS. So, as for Machado... Let's go take a look here. Now, it's crazy because he is 30 years old. 
I mean, with the money that these guys are getting, it, it does make some sense. And the years that these guys are getting, Bogarts just got himself an 11-year deal at 30 years old. I mean, let's see. So after this year, he'll have one, two, three, four, five years left on that deal. He just saw Bogarts get an 11-year deal. Why couldn't Machado go out there and get himself like an eight or nine-year deal? You know, and you know, to I could see why not to get him a nine-year deal going into his age forty season. Because right, I mean, he's after this year because he'll be thirty-one at this point next year. One, two, three, four, five seasons after that. So he'll be thirty-one years old going in. You know, he'll be close to he'll be thirty-one and a half at that point. So, it might really benefit him to go out onto the market, especially with what these guys are getting. You know, Carlos Correa getting a 13-year deal. Bogarts getting 11. You know, Trey Turner. What did Turner get? Turner got 11, right? He got he got 11. I mean, right now, it would be smart business for Machado to opt out and go get himself a deal until he's 40 because at the end of this deal if he were to stay with the Padres he would be uh 31 32 33 34 he'd be 35 years old at the end of this deal so it would actually make a lot of sense for Machado to opt out and look for a deal until he's 40 so I definitely think that's real you know, if we take a look at Machado, I mean, he was, hey, MVP finalist last year. He had an MVP kind of a season. Actually, I mean, if you look on Fangraphs, this was his best season. 2018 was his best season prior. This year was his best overall season. He put up a value last year of $59 million. So if we're looking at the average of his value over the last few years now 2020 was a short season but let's see so he played how many he played 60 games in 2020 so that is uh 37 percent of that season so if you do let's see 20 Divided by 0.37. He was... Uh, Machado was on pace to have a value of around $54 million in 2020. So, and then 2021, he was worth 34. And then 2022, he was worth 59. Divide that... So, that's a total of $93 million over the last three seasons divide that by three and you are still looking at a val an average value of 31 million so machado with what these guys are doing with these these contracts that these guys are getting he could absolutely go out there and get himself a nine-year you know 30 million dollar per year you know do 30 million over nine years get himself a 270 million dollar contract 
Why not? I think there's definitely a chance he'll do it. And uh, I think for the Padres, now it makes a lot of sense with how active they are because they're just gearing for it, you know, for that to happen. Here we go. Albert Galvin, how you doing, my friend? Five bucks. At this point, a Red Sox fan, as a Red Sox fan, I want Dansby at the right contract. Then go trade for Burns and Yelich and Cash for Verdugo and whatever prospects. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get Burns. Um, I mean, Yelich, sure. You know, I could. that would definitely um, lighten the return that we would have to send back. I just don't see the Brewers doing that. I don't know if the Red Sox would want to get themselves tied up. You know, I mean, maybe the Bre the Brewers could pay some of it. I don't know. I don't see the Brewers pairing Yelich and Burns. Um, personally, I would love Burns. I agree with you. I want I want Swanson at the right contract. I don't want him at a big time deal. Um, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder about Swanson, man. If he ends up just going back to the Braves, so I hope the Red Sox get it done because they definitely need him. Uh, they need a guy. So. Thank you, Albert. I appreciate that, my friend. I appreciate that. So, Machado, after this year, I think he opts out. He's on a 10-year, $300 million deal that goes until his age 35 season. Opts out after this year at 31 years old. Go get himself a nine-year, $270 million deal. You know, that gives him a little bit... That gives him what four more years of security four more years of making 30 million per year makes a lot of sense i think machado it's a good business move um <laughs> what are some teams that could end up using needing a third baseman after this year i mean i don't know we'll have to wait and see but machado as a free agent next year will definitely be very interesting everyone i'm gonna get out of here it is, it is almost time for bed, everyone. Yes, a Friday evening at 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. It is almost my bedtime. I, I want to wake up early tomorrow. I want to make myself a good breakfast. I want to go to the gym. I want to do some banging and clanging at the gym tomorrow. I'm, I'm feeling good, everyone. And I'm, I want to get to you know bed at a good time tonight. So no, uh, no going out and you know having myself a couple of beverages tonight. Well, I usually don't do that anyway. But... Um, gonna get myself a, a grandpa kind of a night tonight 10 o'clock bedtime sounds pretty good to me everyone but uh i want to thank you all for coming out tonight don't forget about our sponsors we got seat geek we got prize picks we got bet online manscaped go check those out make sure to use my codes uh everyone on your way out if you can hit that like button for me uh the goal tonight was 150 if you can help us get there that'll be amazing Subscribe if you are new. Hit the bell notification. That way you know I go live every single time. And share the stream as well. Everyone, again, it's always a privilege and an honor for all of you to be here with me. Have yourself a good weekend. I'll be back here Sunday night most likely. Uh, Sunday night tends to be the, uh, the, the good night after a whole weekend. We got news and whatnot. So expect Sunday night for me to be back here. If anything does happen tomorrow... I'll be here. So, everyone, go have yourself a good rest of your night. Have a good day tomorrow, and I'll talk to you next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.